Breaking. 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 Uh, imposter. The imposter. Imposter. Breaking. The imposter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaking the Imposter podcast. This is your host, Jermaine, and I'm excited to introduce my guest, Adrian Johnson. Today, Adrian is a technology and entertainment leader and entrepreneur, but don't let me say it all. Adrian, could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Thanks for having me. Uh, so as you know, I'm Adrian. Um, as Jermaine said, I operate both in technology and entertainment, uh, various leadership positions, as well as uh, businesses that I operate. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. And could you just give us some insights of the types of businesses and that you are involved with in leadership areas? Sure. Sure. So from a, uh, from an entertainment aspect, uh, I work with uh, some partners in the U.S. Uh, in an entertainment industry. Uh, we manage uh, talent as well as uh, operating the publishing side of music. Uh, so we manage you know, artists, songwriters, uh, producers, DJs. Uh, artists uh, from all over the world. We focused uh, a lot on the Latin American, Afro-Caribbean uh, sort of underserved markets and really bringing that voice uh, to the larger table and boardrooms, uh, which if you you know if you pay attention to the, the charts and billboard and things like that, um, they're really starting to dominate now uh, mm -hmm. based on that. So we're, we kind of take pride in, in having a, a little bit of uh, responsibility in, in making some of that happen. And on the tech side, uh, I've, uh, I've done a lot of different ventures in the startup world and the corporate world as well. Uh, currently, um, I own a company called Set of Matrix, and uh, we focus on legal tech solutions. Our primary uh, software that we uh, push right now is called Agreed, uh, which is an end-to-end -end contract management system, um, both for mobile app and mobile web. Awesome. And for the contract management, uh, like what type of contracts are we talking about? Like if because I'm a UX designer myself and would it be like contracts that I would do or is it other types of contract work? So before our initial launch, we focus more on the entertainment industry. Um, so music, you know, television, film. Um, but we do plan to move into other verticals um, as well as, you know, making it friendly for small business. Um, but it's a, it's a personal tool as well. So it's not necessarily that if you're not in the entertainment industry, you can't use it. If you have specific contracts that you need and that you use or that you have, you can also input those contracts into the system and uh, let it become your kind of go-to platform for all your, your contracts uh, in a digital way moving forward. So we have tried to make it a little bit more user-friendly so that it can up, up, up sort of appeal to the larger markets as well. Okay, awesome. So... You have one part of your business and entrepreneurship going into entertainment and the second line of technology was married very closely to that first line. And now you're looking to expand beyond just entertainment for the next stages. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I've, I've done a lot of corporate work as well uh, at various companies. I've, done, I've worked in the fintech area, um, e-commerce, uh, dating game, dating apps and things like that. So, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of different things from, um, from a corporate and sort of professional perspective. Um, entertainment has always kind of been my go-to uh, from you know, the last 15 years, basically, in being involved in, in many various levels. So it's great that, uh, you know, I get a chance to sort of marry the two from a tech perspective and business perspective, because uh, those are definitely, you know, passions of mine. Mm -hmm. And which one was kind of like, the chicken <laughs> and the egg, like which one came first um, and were you like kind of like transitioned over into the next one? 
it's it's funny it's hard to it's hard to make the the distinction right i mean as you know from a kid you know i'd be tinkering with like uh computers and things like that and so maybe that started is just having access to a computer and things like that to be able to record you know so as soon as i had a computer i was recording and you know playing around with dj programs and playing around with like the first version of like fruity loops when it came out and things mm -hmm. like that so um, you know, I guess the you can't really make music without technology. So I would say that the tech came first, but it was, uh, it was a very close race. That's awesome. And just from the passion that you had and interest that you had from a younger age, how did you decide to, instead of being somebody that works on the product and is not so much the business side, what made you decide to move more so in a business capacity and entrepreneurship capacity? Uh, well, that's kind of what fueled my um, my skill development in in tech. To be honest, is that uh, for the longest period of time in school, you know, you, know, you take little courses in animation and things like that. Um, I started using Photoshop, um, you know, early on, and um, you know, I did it from a standpoint of we needed. I was, I was again, I was doing uh, music, so we needed you know pr promotional things or you know flyers and stuff like that. And I didn't really know anyone that. Um, that had the capability of doing it, or at least not in the price range that we had at that point in time in, 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 in uh, high school. Um, so I started, you know, um, learning the skill set, and it got to a point where I got really good, and uh, people started uh, coming to me and paying me to do certain things. And uh, from there, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Started learning more web development, and uh, at that time, I was learning Flash when Flash intros and Flash websites were, you know, the big thing. Mm -hmm. And I got really good at it and started doing it for some local companies and then uh, did an internship at a, at a web development company. And then uh, they brought me on to do specifically all their flash and uh, their content. Um, so it was kind of from an early age, I started doing, you know, realizing that, um, you know, entrepreneurship uh, can really empower you and kind of open doors for you. So ever since then, I was always doing, you know, freelance work and, and doing things to help expand my, my, you can say my, my service offerings at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was something from an early age, I saw the, the value and the benefit of, of doing, and it just is continued into, you know, adulthood. Nice. And do you, do you feel like this is a path that you're going to be continuing on and like, and a foreseeable future, or is it something where it's like, you're really starting to get a groove on and you're looking to something else? Entrepreneurship is definitely something I'm always going to be involved with. Um, you know, as to the projects I'm working on right now and things that that the companies, those can change. You know, you know, five years from now, depending on you know what happens and over the next three to five years. Um, you know, there's other passions uh, that I would love to get involved in. Um, you know, I'm really big on some of the emerging technologies and like AI and machine learning and IoT and blockchain and things like that. Um, and I've been approached. Uh, from a few different people uh, that want to start companies that address some of these technologies and kind of taking on bigger macro problems. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I can definitely see myself getting involved in different uh, ventures and, and companies at some point in time, but it'll still be uh, from a business and, and entrepreneurship sort of standpoint that I'll be involved. Awesome. And I'm always curious where names come from. Ascended Matrix. How does how did your company come to get that name? So <laughs> it's yes, I, I get that question a lot. Um, so basically when I was coming up with the name, I was looking at 
for different ways to just show like, you know, different ways of doing things, right? And part of um, what we were trying to do is leverage our network um, and show show that, you know, we have like a really good networking and, sort of, and growing um, in, a, in a way that was different and just like a higher trying to train of thought or a higher plane of, of, of thought, if you would. So when, <laughs> when, I, when I was thinking of the company, uh, I really wanted to have that re be reflected, uh, but it, it's not exactly easy if, if you ever try to name a company when you're trying to look for uh, <laughs> registrations and things like that. So I came up with a few iterations and then um, just kind of looking at you know, different synonyms and things that represent what that, mean, what that meant. And uh, at some point I, I fell into, you know, Matrix as being sort of a complex network and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Ascension, I think I was looking, I, can't, I think I was watching some movie and was talking about like Ascension and some other things like that. And, uh, you know, I kind of put the two together and uh, it became Ascended Matrix. And uh, it's a fairly unique name. <laughs> it was great, so I was able to register it and copyright it and things like that. And there wasn't really anything that was like it out there, at least at the time when I was doing it. So, mm. and I'm like, when you explain that story and how I'm interpreting it now, it's like all I could think of is just like a higher plane of connectedness. Yeah, that, that you have exactly. everything right. Exactly. It's a pretty good message. And how do you feel like that translates into how you approach your work? For the company, um, it just makes us. It makes us think in a, in a way that um, you know we want to approach things in a, in a different manner, right? So we want to approach problems uh, for users and just people in general that um, you know are, that either have not been addressed the right way or haven't been addressed at all. Um, you know, either in a small sort of niche environment, um, as well as you know, looking at like some of the the macro problems in the world at some point. And I would really love to. To at some point, uh, you know, once the company continues to grow and, and we continue to take on bigger, bigger initiatives, um, to, to really, you know, kind of give back and look at the ways that we can solve some of these problems that are plaguing the world. But I think that's like everyone's thought. If they, once they get into business, you know, I'm going to make millions of dollars or billions and be Elon Musk and change the world. But um, yeah, no, I, I would really like love to get to that point. So. Yeah, it's just like right now, what you're doing is you're serving the community closest to you and finding out better ways to do that and then expanding that type of same principle as you start touching more and more and more networks of of problems. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So we talked a lot about your business and I brought you on for you because I'm most interested in who you are. So. One thing I'm very curious about the guests that come on is what their personal brand is. How do they view their own personal brand? So I'll pose the question to you as I would anybody else, as how would you define your personal brand? Sure, no problem. I mean, yeah, uh, branding is, 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 is essential, especially when you're, you know, the face of a company or the face of, of different initiatives. Um, I would say my, my, my brand is constantly kind of being curate, curated. Um, as I move through the things that I'm doing in life, um, you know, a lot of my immediate and future initiatives involve more public speaking, media, press, and things to lend towards representing you know, the things that I'm involved with. Um, you know, thought leadership, subject matter expertise, um, and of course, even fashion. You know, if you're going to be out there in public and, and doing these type of things, um, you know, you want to be seen in a certain light. Um, as opposed to only kind of focusing on like tactical skills that you would focus on for like a specific role at a company. 
um, or like learning the newest design tool or something along those those lines. Those are important too for the day-to-day -day work, um, but you have to think about the, the whole sort of 360 perspective of you know what do you what do you, how who how are people interacting with you as a brand and and what is what are you setting yourself up for in the next three five ten years, right? So it becomes a total overall view of what you want to get done in the future and uh, the opportunities. Uh, that are coming to you just to be ready for them when they do. I think it's super interesting that you bring up fashion with that with that part of it, because when it sounds of it, as you're moving to more thought leadership and being in the spaces where your voice is going to be heard and you're also seen, how did you how do you find what are some of the key things that people should be aware of when it comes to branding in terms of the fashion sense? Because I've spoken a lot about branding in terms of like how you're perceived, how you act and behave. And I, I myself admittedly have heard a lot of that based off of more soft skills. So how does fashion fit into that in when it comes to branding a little? Could you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, especially when you're dealing in entertainment and tech, it's, uh, you know, it kind of crosses over, right? Um, when you're, you're thinking of public speaking, you're at events, um, you're going to conferences, maybe speaking, you know, maybe on a stage or, or introducing something. Um, you know, that, that message is getting broadcast through social media. Those images are being posted on blogs and on sites and things like that. Um, and it's something that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be mentioned along with, along with, you know, the name of your company or the name of the, the people that you're representing or whatever the case may be. So, you know, putting a, a strong foot forward of how you want to be interpreted is key you know if you're wearing a nice suit uh you know maybe some nice jeans nice shoes and it, you come across as you know what you want how you want to be portrayed um you know it does make a difference not to say that you have to wear a suit it just you know, whatever your personal brand is that you're trying to to do um you want to make sure that it's curated and make sure that it gets the message across of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish um you know, i didn't really care too much about fashion for for, for the longest time until it became you know, uh, a thing that I needed to um, when, you know, going to events and oh, it's a, this is a, a black tie affair or, uh, you know, it's an all white thing or it's, a, you know, like it's a day party or at a beach, you know, you, you really kind of have to look the part that you're, that you're, you're really trying to get, get, uh, get into at that point. So it's something that, uh, you know, we've put an emphasis on, uh, I've put an emphasis on um, going forward for sure. Yeah, I think it's super important because like even with the pandemic right now, uh, actually even before it, when you hear so many people within the tech world, especially you hear like, yeah, jeans, T-shirt, <laughs> and now it may be like sweatpants or no pants at a T-shirt uh, when you're moving into things. But I find that a very important point, which I often find I neglect and I think other people might neglect is how you dress is also part of the branding, which could also hold some weight in the message that you're sharing. Yeah. So exactly. they always say dress for success, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's true. You know, you meet, so you're at a, a networking event and you meet the CTO of some big company or whatever the case may be. A lot of times they're wearing something very nice, you know, a nice suit, well put together. And they, they look, you know, they, they exude success. They exude the position in life that they've gotten to. Right. So you, you got to think about those things from your brand perspective as well. Maybe it's not a suit. Maybe it is the T-shirt and jeans sort of the, the the tech tuxedo basically <laughs> but at the same time you know wear it well wear it with confidence you know? yeah 
And that's super important where you bring it back to not only being you have to wear a suit to be to be successful because a lot of people can interpret it as like, oh, yeah, trust to success. Like I must wear a suit and be like, I don't own a suit. Like, Taylor suit are expensive, all those things. But it's really about what you're defining as success and how do you want to be presented? If that's the image that you want, then that's the image that you're, you feel comfortable with it. And if exactly. and whatever comes from from how people perceive that image, make sure that you're comfortable with it because that's what you that's what you want to be out in the world, right? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And just like from your own personal brand perspective and just like how because a lot of it is how people perceive how people perceive you. Um, just based on your brand, who do you believe is like a fan versus may not be a fan um, of your own personal brand? In what, in what sense? Just in general? Like, so just like in general, like how you how you present yourself, how your brand um, shows within the world. Um, just one thing that I'm always curious is when it comes to the image that other people have of us, sometimes you might not hit every single notch on a person's like, oh yeah, this person's super friendly or they're super positive and I don't really like that or really do like that about them. And like kind of like those points where you've noticed that might people like really love about you and really shown about your personal brand that's like really sticks versus maybe some people will be like, well, he's okay, but like where does, where do those kind of points go in terms of how people who may or may not love um, who you are? Uh, it do, it depends, right? I mean, because it, it's it's just different settings and it's different groups of people, right? In a corporate setting, and as well too, you're kind of representing yourself and other people too, right? Um, in tech, especially as you get you know higher up in in, in positions and things like that, um, especially being a black person or a minority person of color in tech industry, mm-hmm. um, you, you really want to kind of represent yourself and in, in, in just your everyone in general. Uh, in a positive light. So, I mean, for me, I try to put my best foot forward from a fashion perspective. I don't necessarily want to go in there to some meetings, you know, looking like the stereotypical person that they would think me to be, um, you know? So I, I want to make sure that I'm always putting my best foot forward um, in any sense of the way. So I, I make sure that I'm, I'm doing the right things in that aspect. And if people don't like me that's that's kind of their their business <laughs> you know i try i don't try really focus on um you know what people think of me in that aspect if it's negative you know i focus on the positive aspects of what i'm trying to do and, and what i'm trying to portray and I, I try to keep it in that direction if you focus on, on negative too much you know it can start to eat at you um you know it's kind of like looking at comments online or, or something like that you know what i mean but there's there's a lot of trolls and in, in, in the world online and in so I kind of look at it that way. Yeah, I think that's a very important point because as much as like it's a question that we don't want to have to deal with and don't want to address, I think it's super important to just understand how we feel about those comments because from what I know, a lot of people, it may not be, it could be like friends telling them, don't go into this business opportunity because I don't think you're appropriate for it. Or I don't like that kind of personality on your persona on you or your parents telling you to do this or do that, where it's just like, 
that concept that you're bringing up of not really being aware or caring too much of what they say. It's like people are going to have opinions all about what they may love about you, what they may not love about you. And I just really like the fact that you can find a place where you're not really swayed by them. And just from like a strategic perspective, how do you usually because the comments will the trolls are always be there, things like that. How do you navigate that to make you feel like mm, it's easy to say it doesn't bother me, but what type of what's type of involved to make sure like you are more comfortable in it not bothering you? Keeping the end goal in sight, right? You're always going to have moments where, like you said, your your, pod, your podcast is is breaking the imposter, right? Um, you're always going to have moments where you know you feel like maybe am I supposed to be here? Like you know, you're looking around the room, and you're like, mm, maybe maybe not. But uh, that's, I think that's natural for a lot of people. Um, you just got to kind of get past that and focus on the end goal. Why are you here? What are you trying to achieve? Um, and really focus on that and, and really trying to bring to be the best of version of yourself in that moment and, you know, continuing to, to move forward. Um, and once you kind of continue to keep your eyes on the prize, um, you know, you, you don't let the negative stuff hit you, right? There's always going to be someone that doesn't like you. Uh, you know, sometimes they may even say something rude to you in, in, a, in a party or whatever the case may be. Um, but it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Right. It doesn't it doesn't slow you down. It doesn't it shouldn't it shouldn't slow you down. Uh, it doesn't define your success. It doesn't define who you are as a person. Um, it says more about them as a person. Right? Mm -hmm. So you, you just got to continue to keep your eyes on, on the prize. And that's how I've sort of approached it in general. Yeah, so it's more so your focus on the goal, not about the small critiques that happen along the way towards that goal, because it's exactly. bigger than the critiques. Exactly. So if, uh, I'll do a sports analogy. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, if you're taking if your if your goal is to win a championship and you're in the championship game, and uh, you know, no, most people I'll, I'll use basketball. Um, you know, usually you don't go ten for ten from the field or ten for ten uh, perfect from the field. Usually, you know, you're going to miss some shots. If you focus on those shots that you miss, um, you know, you may you might actually not take the, the winning shot. You know, when that actually can win you the, the goal. So you got to focus on what, why you're there and continue to do what you do, regardless of you know you, get, you shoot an air ball or you get blocked or whatever the case may be. That's just one thing along the way of a bigger picture of success, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really important, really important to think about because I know from like myself, if there's moments in my life where if one thing gets derailed, it's like, oh no, it's all over. But if you are taking that step back and be like, well, this is just a slight change in direction. It's not really the end goal and end game. And I think that's something that I had to learn about even when going into UX. It's important, as you say, to really focus on that goal, go back to that because mistakes will be made. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And just like also going on to the topic that you're discussing, saying um, where you started mentioning um, being exposed as a fraud. What was the time within your career path? Because from what you explained at the beginning, it was very interesting that you kind of were going on to opportunities that seemed to be building and your opportunities seemed to be building upon each other in some sort of logical way. It might not have been one to match, but it's like you started learning um, Photoshop and those different tools, which led you to more different opportunities. And I just want to know along the way, where was a moment that you felt that you could be exposed for a fraud where things may not have lined up as much and you could have been like 
am I being effective in the role that I'm taking right now? Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I would say you always have moments where you're, like I said, like where you're like, do I belong here? Um, I think it's it's probably when I I started working like in in an actual corporate setting. So instead of, you know, sort of the freelance and things like that, I was doing a lot of of things my way. Not to say that I I didn't have a job, but like actually started working in like, you know, the design and tech industry like full time, you know, in in a company and things like that that I was working for someone, um, mm-hmm. even though I was, you know, I was still doing my freelance thing and things on the side, that's when it was different, right? So you had like different success metrics and, you know, different sort of uh, frameworks put on you. And it's like, well, I've, I've been doing things my way for the longest time and, you know, getting, getting by with it, but now you want me to do things a different way. I don't know if I like this way of doing things, but it's also about being adaptable and making sure that um, you can do things a different way. Right, like being a good leader is also being able to take good directions. Right, so you, you have to be able to be, do both. Um, so I say that's probably the moment when I started actually kind of getting into the corporate world uh, from a standpoint of actually working in, in that environment. Mm-hmm. And what about what about how their structure was made you feel like you could be exposed as a fraud? Like, what about that structure made that feel that way? Well, sometimes when you you do things your own way, um, you know you, you you don't have to do the things that some of the, the companies may want to do, right? So from um, an aspect of looking at how do you how do you store your stuff, you know, the frequency of of uh, of check-ins and meetings and point. Sometimes you know a lot of people complain about pointless meetings throughout the day that take you away from actually working. <laughs> and anyone who works at a job in, in the corporate world knows that there are tons of corporate <laughs> BS kind of moments mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, you, you don't really want to be a part of, but you kind of have to, um, you know, and then of course, you know, like you just have to, I, there's a lot of moments where you, you know, so you're networking and you have to continuously, um, you know, just you keep interacting with people, right? And when you're doing things on your own, you can kind of put your head down and just get to the nitty gritty much faster without, you know, all the corporate uh, sort of fluff, if you, if you would say. So at that point, you're just like, you know, I don't know if you want to, if I want to continue this or whatever the case may be, I want to kind of go back to what I was doing before. But you realize that there's opportunities in sticking it out, and, you know, moving up and learning new things and things like that, that will eventually help you in the long run. Yeah, and I guess from what it sounds like you're saying, and I like paraphrasing and just kind of see if I really understand it, is when you were doing kind of your own process and things were in your control fully, it felt a lot better. But as soon as you started losing some of that processes that you think are the right way for yourself to work, and you have to go into that area of discomfort when you're trying to learn how other people perceive it, that's where you started feeling the most of like, do I really know what I'm doing? This is something that I really want to do is like a change or should I just go to what I know because I feel at ease there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, um, you know, yeah, as you go to company to company, each company does things differently, right? And sometimes you get there and you, you do something and it feels like, you know, you did something wrong, even though it's like something you were doing perfectly at, at someone in another company, whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. The way they paraphrased it awesome 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 and just from there as you started 
as you started progressing, and I think you touched upon it briefly before, but where in your life did you start to really start feeling that being successful for yourself wasn't making you an exception, but like kind of making it feel more normalized of the process and like actually trying and changing things up? Like where, what made you kind of feel that way? That, that, I, that I was getting closer to achieving success? Like you're kind of moving on a path of success and it just felt like it was more normal, normalized for you. Then it's just like, oh, I have to, I have to break out and become a famous celeb today in order to feel successful or some of those other types of metrics. Oh, okay. Um, probably, probably about two or three years uh, into like some of these corporate roles where uh, I started to, you know, be in more demand, you know, um, and uh, a lot of opportunities from, you know, joining other businesses and other startups and things like that were starting to pop up based on, you know, me having certain skill sets, um, you know, recruiters were starting to reach out for different roles, you know, you feel wanted, like, oh, okay, nice, I got options, you know, uh, start traveling, and you, you know, start making international international sort of connections and, uh, you know, interests abroad and overseas and things like that. So I think that's it, right? Once, you know, you kind of got used to it um, and you start, you know, developing your skill set, you know, marketing yourself, applying your brand, um, you know, expanding your network, you know, going, doing the networking events that, you know, that, that happen weekly and monthly and things like that, uh, you know, kind of making sure that you people know you as a thought leader, subject matter expert, doing the right things the right way. Things, you know, just automatically started moving. And, you know, I was, so at one point I was going to networking events like every day, to be very honest. So I would finish I'd finish work, I'd, I'd, I'd hop on you know, the train and be going to different networking, networking events. And that was great that they had like open bars and stuff like that. So it was always uh, a plus to go to them and <laughs> free, uh, free giveaways and stuff. So that was always a, a good selling point. But um, a lot of the networking, it was, uh, it helped shape like, you know, my career path and things like that. And you know, a lot of, met a lot of people. I met, you know, some of my business partners. Uh, previous business partners at, at some of these events so uh, i would i would always recommend uh, you know for someone to do that i know it's a little difficult now with covid um there's still opportunities to do it you know online it's not the same i know but uh, it still can help build your network and you know get uh, questions answered i get the whole um the reason of like networking and try to bring it trying to bring that within your life a little bit more because not only are you getting your internal validation of the good work that you're doing, you're starting to see other people recognize it. And as much as you're not basing your success and everything off of those other people, it just helps you to be like, oh, I get to continue doing the work because people that are connected with me are helping to provide those opportunities, are recognizing the work that I do. And all I can do is focus on the work from here. Um, that's how I'm understanding it a bit. And like one thing that kind of came to my mind is you said it was two years ago. So does it no, mean not that two, not, not two years ago? I think two years into my, my, my corporate role. Oh, so OK. Been like, Sorry. Been like 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15, 10 years ago. Yeah. And then prior to the 10 years, how long were you working on your craft um, at that period? Since high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the thing with the with tech and, and like product design and 
UX, UI, and things like that, and just development, is that the tools change so frequently, right? It, so you have to be adaptable, and you have to, you know, keep your eye on the prize and keep up to date on what the the newest trends are and where they're going, um, and keep your skill set up to date, right? Or else you can, you know, find yourself you know, outdated real quick. Um, and especially with UX, UI product, um, they're fairly new. Right, like UX and UX UI wasn't really a thing, um, you know, up until like, basically ten years ago, seven to ten years ago. Right, there was that term UX designer wasn't really a thing. It was uh, graphic designers and web designers. Right, that was basically it. And then you know, the proliferation of you know tech and, and things like that started happening happening at a faster rate, and more and more positions that. Uh, you know, previously didn't exist. There was now a need for, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I found myself in that niche of you know being one of these new people in these new roles that no one knew what the hell it was. <laughs> you say you're, I'm a UX UI designer, You're like what? <laughs> what is that? Right? You tell your parents that, and you know, they have no idea. They just think <laughs> it's something you, you work with computers. You know, that's that's basically all they they they, they would say. Um, yeah, so around that time, right? Because at that point, that's when um, you know all the, the the events started happening for me, at least, uh, because I was now in this this role that you know really kind of defined my skill set at the time, and uh, I was able to excel it. Awesome, and it's just just out from the sounds of it, it sounds it was a process that took time, and it wasn't like before you were doing corporate, it wasn't like you were just like, oh, I'm gonna get in for a year or two into UX and design and all of this. And then no. just boom, I'm in, I'm there, I'm at the top. It was all that work that you had put in consistently beforehand that made you be able to start seeing the fruits of your labor when you started getting into corporate a little bit more for the two yeah. years. Yeah, exactly, right? So it was something that, uh, you know, you, you said it was preparation really. And the opportunity came, right? So, just being able to build up that skill set, like I said, I've mentioned, like you know, being up, staying up to date on emerging technologies and the skill sets necessary. Um, and you know, it, once that opportunity happened for me, it was I was already ready. I was, you know, I had the skill sets in the background and education to to go in and flourish. You know, it was just it literally just put a title on something that I was already doing that didn't exist before. So it's just like, oh, okay, and and you and they're paying a lot more money. Basically. <laughs> hey, that's that's what is that's what comes as a trade off, right? You do more yeah. work, you do better. Pay comes so, with it. <laughs> exactly right. So yeah, it was a preparation meets opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and with a lot of what we were hearing with the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of changes within that realm of like opportunity and what we're actually able to do. So for your own career pathway, what has that really taught you about yourself that you didn't necessarily know before? I don't know. I mean, I've been used to doing remote work and things like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you kind of take, it, it's taught me not to take small things for granted. Um, just the ability to, to travel and, you know, go out and get a beer with friends. Um, throw a, a, a raging house party. <laughs> <laughs> um, those things, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't do any of those things right now, right? You, you just, you, you kind of just have to put your head down and either work and chill out at home with, you know, your, your bubble network. That's basically it. Um, 
you know, but from a productivity standpoint, it's still, I'm able to be as productive, if, if not more, um, just being able to focus on the key sort of tactical things that need to get done on a day-to-day uh, level, luckily. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, I'm thankful and grateful for that because I know a lot of other people um, that, you know, have either lost jobs or you know, kind of on hiatus until this thing is over and it's going on like year two, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, two years and you know not being able to kind of fully support yourself or make the money that you used to make before. Um, I'm grateful that I'm still able to do that. Those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's having that little extra gratefulness for what you actually have today because you literally don't know what if you have it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I was uh, I was traveling. I was in Miami. Um, I had just came back from LA. We were in LA for the Grammys. Um, and then we went to Miami after, and then um, my plan was actually to move to LA. Oh, sorry, L- yeah, LA and uh, yeah, my, or Miami, depending on uh, a few things that we had in play. And uh, COVID just kind of blew up, so I came came back to Toronto and been here since. Can't travel, <laughs> right? So, just goes to show you, right, how quick so those, that that thing that things can change like that, you know, from you know, literally planning, uh, you know, to move to the U.S. to having to stay here for an extra two years. You know, not that you know, I mind. I love Toronto, but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't mind being in, on the beach somewhere, right? Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. Exactly. I think that's probably the first thing that a lot of people are going to do <laughs> once this is over. Just uh, book an all-inclusive someone. <laughs> so... Thank you so much, Adrian, for for all of your questions and just being really, really honest and straight up. I really always appreciate when when guests come on and they can really just tell it as it is and not try to fluff it up with anything else. And I'm super appreciative of that. What we do do uh, before we end is we try to look for quick for quick wins, quick um, nuggets that we could share with the audience that we call our rapid fire segment. So I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Um, if you had time to prepare, that's okay. If you think of it for the first time, you want to change it up now, that's okay. But I just want to get um, just quick answers uh, we're looking for. You, you don't have to elaborate if you don't want to, but yeah, let's get into it. Sure, let's do it. So what is one attribute attribute that has contributed to your success slash growth? Uh, I think I've mentioned it a few times, but adaptability, um, ability to learn, and a general quest for new knowledge, I would say. Awesome. And who has been a great inspiration for you? Ooh. So I have to segment it because there's different, there's different avenues, right? I would say culturally, I would say like Barack Obama, uh, Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, of course. Um, professionally in the areas of entertainment and tech, I would say, you know, Jay-Z, Elon Musk, um, you know, kind of pushing the envelope uh, in the respective industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyday people that I encounter, um, i.e. other founders, the people that are trying to be disruptive in different industries and things like that, uh, people that I've met in the startup and business community, community um, even someone like uh, like Arlen Hamilton from uh, Backstage, Backstage Capital, or Sunil Sharma from Techstars. Uh, they're very inspiring people just doing what they do and, uh, you know, helping other businesses get to, to the point that uh, they start to see success and traction and bigger opportunities. So those, those, I get inspiration from a number of different outlets and those are some of them. 
Yeah, that sounds like your designer brain. Just getting amalgamation of inspiration to make the best <laughs> yeah. results. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so who has been your biggest cheerleader for your success? It changes over time. I would say, you know, some close friends and family, you know, my sister, things like that. Uh, but um, yeah, I would say the, the praise usually comes from a lot of different sources and things like that, um, especially when you hit like some significant milestones and stuff but i would say we're friends and family awesome what's one lie you had to stop telling yourself that i can i, can, I should just wait sometimes you have the, the sometimes you have the thought of just kind of like you know i should just wait and, and see what happens or um you know i'll wait until this or i'll wait until i get this it's kind of like you know you kind of wait until everything's perfect um but nothing's ever perfect you can strive for perfection, but, um, you know, you'll never really achieve it. So that's kind of where I've taught myself that, you know, stop waiting and just go and just continuously strive for, um, you know, trying to be the best version of yourself. Awesome. And what is one hobby that you do outside of work that keeps you grounded? Uh, I got into painting last year. I haven't got a chance to do much during the lockdown, which is surprising since I have more time I would think I could do some more painting but uh, maybe I will now that I've, I've mentioned it made a mental, <laughs> note, mental note of it um, and uh, day trading day trading nice uh, what's the best advice you've ever received uh, that it's okay to fail um, just make sure you, you learn from it and don't make the same mistakes if you had 60 seconds with yourself when you came out of high school what advice would you give him uh, invest in Bitcoin <laughs> you know, right now. <laughs> yeah, just get as much Bitcoin as you can. Just throw it in a, in a vault somewhere and then in 2021, uh, cash it all in. But no, <laughs> no, I'd say save your, save your money for sure. Uh, you know, stay in shape. I was an athlete all, all my life. Um, you know, so try to stay in shape. Uh, a little harder now, but uh, yeah, stay in shape. It's harder to get back into shape as just to stay in shape. Mm -hmm. uh, surround yourself with the right people uh, early. Awesome. And what is one book that you'd recommend to the listeners? Sun Tzu, Art of War. And what's one piece of parting advice that you could also share with the listeners? Uh, that getting out of your comfort zone is a good thing. and leads to growth. Otherwise, um, you kind of get stuck. And that's not where you want to be. You want to constantly be evolving, constantly getting better. Awesome. And how could the listeners best reach out to you? Uh, you can either find me on Instagram, aj.xl, um, or you can visit uh, my company's website, ascendedmatrix.com. Awesome. And I really do appreciate you coming on to the podcast today. I learned a lot and there's a lot of things that I hope that the listeners, you guys will all be able to take, take and apply to your own life. Um, just remember to subscribe, to like the to like the video, and just so we can keep these conversations going. There's so many more people that I'd love to have on and so many more people that would need to hear words like from Adrian today. And Adrian, I have so much respect for you. I really do look up to you and you're one of the people that inspire me because I always wonder how does he possibly fit all of this in with one life? <laughs> but I'm so grateful to have you on this show and I really wish you all the best and hope that in the future you would come on again. Almost oh, definitely. I appreciate you for having me and uh, keep it up. Yeah, this is a great podcast. So I really have fun doing it.
Awesome. Thank you very much. And everybody, that's another episode of Breaking the Imposter Down. I appreciate you all and I'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking the Imposter. To stay up to date when episodes are released or to become a guest on the podcast, you can visit our website at www.breakingtheimposter.com. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so we can make sure the imposter stays broken.